Kia ora and welcome back everybody to How to Save the World podcast. I am Tim Batt. I'm Waverly Wood. And we're back in a room together and it's so nice. It's hooray, it's season two and we don't have COVID stopping us from speaking into decent microphones. <laughs> we're able to share a physical space which makes a big difference I think and we're immensely excited about the second season. We've been doing lots of plotting and planning. Um, yes, well, actually, well, it's a bit of a teaser. Later on, we'll tell you what we've got. Some of the episodes we've got coming up. Absolutely. We're really excited about. But um, first of all, we wanted to just reintroduce ourselves to everyone and uh, welcome ourselves back into your lives <laughs> and reestablish what the whole point of the show is and what we're here to do and what we're about, um, what some people call the co-papa of our show. Totes and... Um, Part of that for me is revisiting that big picture and, well, it's why are we here? Not not just why are we here doing the show, but um, what's the what are the bigger questions? And, and you know, when we say like how to save the world, we're just assuming a whole bunch of stuff. What do we mean? What do we want to save it from? So I thought it's a good chance to check that stuff out. Exactly. Yeah. So first of all, Kortim Takawingawa. I'm Tim Bat. I am a comedian and um, broadcaster and maker of things on the internet. And about a year ago, well, over a year ago now, Waveney and I set off on this podcast adventure to have conversations about sustainability, to try and raise awareness of certain issues and figure out how to change people's behaviours around certain things. And I am coming from it um, from a place of total noobdom. Not true. A newbie. You sucked me into that. And I was like, oh, yeah, Tim's going to be this total virgin when it comes to sustainability. Well, I... And then it turned out you were vegan. Not at the time. Not at the time. I went vegan, but that was like, it all happened very quickly. I went vegan for six months. Update, folks, I'm no longer like dead set vegan, but I am, I'd say like 80% plant-based. Maybe 85% of my diet is plant-based now, which was kind of the whole point of me doing it, to be honest, was just... To do it hardcore for a while so I could normalise um, vegan food and just have it as a, as a big constituent part of my diet and try and get the meat out of there as much as possible because I knew that, that was bad. So what I meant by that wave um, is that I think for a long time I've been in the same position heaps of people have been in, which is absorbing the news and the facts and the kind of headlines from scientific articles and things online and these conversations that are happening, but in no way was kind of was putting it into action yes, we're taking any yeah, steps yeah. it's to everybody's it. journey isn't it it exactly. was me too and it's so nice so nice to get out there and just do some stuff and yeah so over the course of the 52 weeks that we've been recording season one of how to save the world i did things like went vegan for six months i learned how to compost um started, started a little a garden, garden yeah little yep. veggie garden in the patch here um, learnt how to do some uh, waste reduction in terms of buying right um, for grocery shopping and that kind of thing. And, uh, oh, my God, now, I tell you what, the yes. Takeaway Cup campaigns... Holding it in his hand. ...have been so effective on me for Takeaway Coffee Cups because I, like... Um, we, oh, it was my flatmate, actually. She she said, do you want a coffee? I'm going... Because we were out of beans here. She said, I'm just going to go to the cafe. And I said, yeah, I'd love one. And she came back with a Takeaway Coffee Cup and I was horrified. Mm. And, like, a year and a half ago, it wouldn't even have sort of crossed my mind in a massive way. Mm. But now, like, it, it's intolerable to me that Excellent. someone would give me a coffee and a Takeaway Coffee Cup knowing what I know. So... It's all about these little, you know, adding strings to the bow over time as I learn more and um, changing the behaviours. And uh, my mum, 
shout out to my mum who listens to the show, got me this really beautiful um, take uh, like keep cup keep thing. cup that is vacuum sealed. So you push this button on the lid, and then it's it doesn't spill at all. So I can put it in my bag and run around. It stays warm. I feel the need to put a photo of that on our brand new Instagram account. Shout out. Shout out. Which is, if you're on Instagram, there's a link in the show notes, but it's H-T-S-T-W for How to Save the World pod on the end. So make sure you go and follow us. What else have we got that's new, Tim? There's a few new things, actually. You sure are. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're diverting. I want to hear a little bit about reestablishing who Waveney Worth is first. Oh. And then we'll get to that stuff. Well, who am I? I, I've been into sustainability for a decade or so, which is short in the terms of of a lot of people who are into this stuff. Um, I come from a perspective of a consumer, like an ordinary person who who isn't um, a politician, who's not into business. Um, And so I'm looking at where I have a power to make a difference. And um, I think that we can often give up our power personally and um, my experience has been that uh, and then the more I read and the more I do the show and the more we connect with experts it's like um, really understanding the significance of our power is uh, the people the people have the power yes and I also uh, now live on a permaculture farm up north in Matakana called Rainbow Valley Farm which some of you may have heard of Um, it's had a a lovely history of connecting with communities and educating um, and I'm a consultant as well for a, a zero waste uh, consultancy called Envision not that, a happy that keeps me going just a cool person who got into this stuff not a happy <laughs> hashtag not a happy um, yes yeah, so we've got we've we've been plotting and planning and working with some other people who have now joined us to give us a hand with certain aspects of the show which is tremendous we've got a little bit of researching help we've got a fantastic guy called Brody who's going to be helping us with the social media so as we mentioned we've now in addition to our Facebook page which has always existed um, please go and like our page and you can um, join the conversation there at facebook.com slash how to save the world um, in addition we now have that Instagram page where we're going to keep you updated on things that are happening for forthcoming episodes, might do some giveaways, and you'll be able to see Waveney and I on occasion enjoying ourselves. With keep cups. With keep cups. And website <laughs> how to save the world.nz with a blog. That we're gonna we're gonna do a blog. We're gonna start writing, folks. So there'll be um, multiple ways for you to enjoy us and learn together. Yeah. So, Tim? Yeah. Um big picture stuff, eh? Big picture stuff, Wave. It's what it's all about. I think if we don't get the, if we don't get the, the if we don't understand the the big problem behind our presenting problems, which I would call say climate change a presenting problem, mm-hmm. then um you can end up barking up the whole tree for a whole season. I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this previously a little bit, and we've talked off mic about this quite a bit as well about. Um, a lot of attention is kind of brought to looking at these big issues, exactly as you say. They're in the news all the time, and it's like, look, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And there's often not a lot of time and attention paid to, okay, hold on for a second, how did we get here? Step out. Yeah, yeah. Well, put in the simplest terms, I think we're just too dominant in the system. I think if you look at like pollution, climate change, extinction, um, that's basically what's going on. 
Um, and that's not me saying that. Uh, there, there's heaps of reports out there. 2018, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science published a report that was draw, dropping. They quantified our dominance by weight. So you might have, so in other words, biomass. Right. So it's a way of comparing, say, humans with ants or whatever. Gotcha. Um, so if you imagine a test tube full, and the contents of that represent all of the land-based animals on Earth, like including birds and us, everything. And imagine it full of, say, purple liquid or purple water with a little slither of yellow oil on top. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it looks like, with purple being humans and animals on human farms. So in other words, our livestock and humans would be the entire contents of it, 97%. And the little slither on top, that yellow, is what the remnant of wildlife that's left on the earth. Whoa, that sucks. Yeah, so to clarify, that's like people, cows, sheep, pigs, horses, dogs, chickens, turkeys, all of that is the 90%. And then the rest of it is, you know, the the little slither is the, the elephants, the mice, the rats, kangaroos, lion, bears, bats, Deers, wolf, eagles, anything, you everything think of. else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah, and a specific example: the biomass of chickens mm-hmm. is more than double the total mass of all other birds combined. Whoa! Yeah, crazy. Simply because we love eating chicken. Ha! Huh. Well, yeah. So our dominance is squeezing out other life, and um, we're well into that, which I think we've talked about before, well into the fastest extinction event we have had since um, the Earth was impacted by a big asteroid and knocked out the dinosaurs. It's a weird thing to have an equivalency with. Humans, yes. The human species, we're just like an asteroid hitting the planet. Yeah, actually, I read a really good article on that. I should tuck it in the, the show notes. Um because it is. It's, uh, they're saying it's increasingly exactly like that. Um, but there's actually another aspect to this, um, which is enormously significant, and that is that, I don't know why, but I decided to use my mountain bike as, an ex- as a, um, you'll see what I mean. So if the total biomass of all the land-based mammals and animals, um, sorry, mammals and birds, before humans started you know, doing their thing, weighed the equivalent of my mountain bike. Okay. Okay. I yeah. don't know why I... We'll guess. go with your mountain yeah, bike. Yeah. Um, then that that would be the natural stable carrying capacity of the planet, right? In this geological epoch. Okay. Like before we changed anything um, in terms of extinction or big ag or anything like that. It's like... We've got all mammals and birds yep, are the weight on of the your land, mountain bike. Yep. Weight of my mountain bike. Gotcha. And that's that's what our earth is naturally able to, to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in total, this is the thing, the Earth is currently supporting roughly about seven mountain bikes. So one of the big questions we need to be asking in the show is what on Earth is going on with that? So m- while the wildlife has actually dropped down in total, so it's not even one bike's worth now, it's probably more like just the pedals. Yeah. Um, humans have gone from originally just being absolutely no component, significant component of that bike. They're yeah. probably equivalent to probably equivalent to about a spoke, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we've gone to weighing the equivalent of 2.5 mountain bikes. Whoa. And so, in other words, we are just our human body mass alone is two and a half times the natural carrying capacity of the planet. And then on top of that, our livestock has gone from zero to four mountain bikes. Wow. Over four. So, 
how did that happen? Got, so what I'm getting from that, yeah. if we're not following this metaphor, which I'll admit it's, is pretty visual. Yes, it's visual. Is that there has been a crushing decline in diversity of life, yes. but an explosion in the amount of resource-dependent human yep. activity yep. Yep. that's going on on the planet. Mm, mm. And it's really interesting when you start looking at how this happened, um, there's actually not a lot of people that are able to give an informed answer because to do that, you really you need to be what is called a competent generalist. So what we usually have in our culture is an emphasis on reductionism, which is specialists in their field. Mm-hmm. Um, and But there are people out there, and we've talked about them on the show before, Paul Hawken, Jared Diamond, Nate Hagens, Darren Coleman. There's heaps of people. Um, and these people can... They're in the business of sort of stitching together things and trying to work out this big stuff. But in a nutshell, I think we got here. I think we could say we got here because we've got two superpowers. And actually, it's really interesting. Once you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really obvious. But is it like sitting here, having heard what I've just said, is there anything that sort of pops to mind in terms of what our special human superpowers could be that have allowed this to happen? I think we were able to affect our environment in, in an insane way. Is that a superpower? That that's probably more the result of our superpowers. Yeah, I true, think, true. yeah. Basically, it's just that we're super smart. Yeah, like I think that's our first superpower. It, it, basically, since we wandered out of Africa, we've been on top. We've been and we've been affecting and decreasing that um, biomass in terms of um, diversity on Earth ever since. Um, Increasing we, we our got, own yeah. massively, but decreasing everyone else's. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're just we're just out of the ballpark smart. And we've even, you know, we really took off when we were able to outsmart bacteria. Um, and really the, our competitors on this planet, the things that are supposed to keep us in check, because mm. that's the problem is that we're not in check. Mm. Um, like there's 45 thousand species of plants and vegetation in the amazon for example they're not sharing nicely they are in this forced equilibrium Mm. and there is nothing forcing us into an equilibrium Mm. um one of those reasons because we're just super super smart Um, we've superseded all of those yeah we don't have a good competitor um and then the other superpower we have is um and this is the, it's amazing how often it gets left out of a conversation. Even, I think, season one, we don't, it hasn't been something we've mentioned, but the basic reason why we're, we're now at seven times the carrying capacity of the Earth, which is essentially the amount of solar energy that enters every day that is being able to be used by the biosphere, is because of oil. Yeah, true. Of that's course. it. That's our special superpower. Oil. Oil. Um, until we unlocked the energy of oil, things actually weren't too nuts. Yeah. Like it was only in 1970 that we exceeded the Earth's capacity to carry us um, on an annual basis. 1970s, did you say? Yeah. That's not, so recent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Prior to, well, I, we were still using up the. Um, Resources like yeah, oil faster we're kind than of like big. tracking up, but that's when we actually hit exactly the yeah. That's gotcha. that's so from from prior to 1970, we could we could uh, the trees could grow faster than we could use them up. Fish right. could grow faster than we could eat them, and then after that, um, we've started to basically chomp into our lungs as we keep on taking out the rainforests and etc. Uh, <laughs> so um, the if we just have a quick look at oil, uh, it's 
given us a power that is indiscernible from magic. I heard someone say that and I was like, oh, I like that too. <laughs> because it's, it's something we don't think about, but the stuff that we can do is all because of oil. Yeah. Um, one barrel of oil, which currently costs just a bit over one average human work day, globally, the right. average, allows us to do four and a half years of equivalent human labor. Wow. So there is nuts. And, or the other way of saying that is one barrel equals 7,045 human laborers. Wow. So, and then that's with oil prices today, which, are, uh, you know, they're just, it's just getting more and more expensive because of where we're at, you know, in terms of extraction globally. But um, when oil was cheaper, that would have been the equivalent, which is what we've had. It's what our society has been built on, 26,000 human workers for equivalent for Isn't one barrel. Incredible to think so much of the world as it exists is down to this one substance. Yes. I, one of the things that I find is weird how we talk about the information age. It's like we're so blind to oil. It's like the <laughs> oil age. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think I've gone on about before. But it's um, it's also the way our modern agriculture works. It's just the science of turn, turning oil into food. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say just, but um, that's basically um, the – the guts of it and it's why stuff's so cheap it's why we've got so much junk it's why we've got so much carbon in our atmosphere yeah um it's allowed our population to explode yes. because we've been able to support ourselves mm. with all the oil things yeah yeah so like previously it was just this um balance where yes we were really smart but basically we were limited by um the solar gains every day because i'm getting the magic thing now yeah more. yeah that metaphor seems more apt the more we talk about this yeah. it's, it's like well it immediately makes me think of putting fertilizer on a plant. You know, it just like artificially makes this thing grow like exponentially all at once. It's just like yeah. shoots up. Yeah, That's yeah, oil yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. But just like a lot of fertilizers, it's also got some horrible, <laughs> a lot of really horrible offshoots. Well, yes, I think it does. But it's, it's, um, I think if we look at these these two superpowers, the perhaps you could say that the the issue isn't that we have the superpower but it's 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 just that we've acted like any organism would have which is to be expected and that we've used these superpowers in line with our basic primal urges as as living organisms to compete and to conserve our own energy so energy conservation is basic thing any plant or virus or human would do with with lots of energy is gonna it's gonna work out how it can save its own energy and to multiply that's so true that's and it's also so nice at removing the kind of judgment component that yes. human beings are a virus and yes, we're inherently evil because you're so right we're doing what any organism would do you know what it made me think of though when you were saying that like we're we, we've just kind of like been this organism that would act as any other would but given the superpower is it's like a, a baby with a hammer or something a baby yeah. with a jackhammer yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that when we're and this is so I think this is the crux of it all that's what it comes down to when we're saying that we're about you know saving the world what we're ultimately saying is it's about curbing your enthusiasm it's like shout it, out Larry David yeah <laughs> great show it is a great show so which it drives me nuts if I see more than two in a row um <laughs> Collect- it's a different podcast, <laughs> yeah. that's, our, that's our Larry Crossover, David review yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, so collectively, we need a new goal, yeah? 
Um, and that's why I get, I, sometimes I find it hard to articulate why I get frustrated with getting into like little tips on like, you know, better cleaners and all of that. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, yes, that's all true. And that's the, those are the steps, but like humans in the 21st century have, it's our task to shift the momentum of 50,000 years of our human history and use our superpowers for the first time ever, not to grow, but to seek balance. There's a couple of things that come into my head when you say that, though. The like frustration around focusing on the little things like cleaning products and things like that, which we've <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, done like yeah, whole episodes done. about. Yeah, yeah. Is that those are the things where because we've taken the time to have a, a think about them and and had you and I have had a conversation about them that we've put out in these podcasts has planted all of these seeds that have absolutely taken root in my brain and have grown into way, way bigger action now, which manifests in lots of different ways, like sort of political action, trying to affect change there. Um, And the other thing that it sort of just reminds me of the importance of is tipping points, is that you just don't know when they're going to hit. And you you just keep tapping and tapping and tapping in in the same direction. And then all of a sudden you've got this critical mass of either people or ideas just in one person's head or something that just brings about yes, this huge you. action all at once. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, I to- It's I, not for nothing, man. I totally agree. And it's like it's just all it is is knowing the context. Because actually when we when we get to our shout outs for season two and what we're gonna be up to, um, it is all it's all it's all smaller it's all based it's all practical it's the steps that we should be taking but it's like the idea is that we know where we're going and why absolutely yeah and just thinking about these things i think the problem is that we just haven't been thinking up till now we haven't been cognizant of all of like particularly the waste problem is just people not giving a second thought to having food wrapped in plastic that won't break down for thousands of years yeah yeah i also think that like one of the hardest things is to which was what again what we're doing is to try and hold the tension between um the obtainable and simple which is sort of saying hey we can do this and and um because it gives us hope and it helps us start out but but on the other hand we need to hold that tension with really understanding what the barriers are and what the difficulties are because that actually is the thing that gives us the tenacity and the headspace and it's uh, to reach the destination that we're going to. So, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying about thinking and having it. it doesn't need, And also what you said about sometimes it can start with the actions. It's basically what you're saying before, eh, rather than having to start with the big picture. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't really matter which way because those two things go together. Totally. It doesn't matter... Where you start, one yeah. one will influence the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just grows and grows. Yes, and I think also this idea of of fighting, I guess, against this trajectory and momentum of of all life, really, and and human history, it sounds a bit like it's something that perhaps can't be done. But thankfully, we already have, and that's the interesting thing about humans is that that ability to curb ourselves is actually part of being human and it's actually a cornerstone of our success as a species and we've already done it this is the thing that i think us little whitey westerners can forget it's actually that it's actually this anomaly where we are culturally we've got hundreds of 
and thousands of cultures that have already done it, mostly indigenous cultures that have over the last, um, whether it's been hundred years ago, oh, sorry, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, where they've hit their own um, ecological points mm-hmm. where they need to make changes and it would just be exactly the same thing but just on a regional or a continental scale mm-hmm. and it's like they have successfully changed their cultural narratives and curbed that enthusiasm to so find equilibrium yeah, yeah with to their find equilibrium they just come up with um nuanced cultural values yeah. that enable uh balance so as we've we've got the We've got the headspace. Yeah. We've, we've got the examples. We do. Yeah. We've just got to listen and put them into action. Well, yeah. And there, there are, you know, some significant things against us. <laughs> There's a few barriers, folks. <laughs> There's a few barriers. But um, actually, for people who are particularly interested in, in learning more about these well-trodden pathways to success, um, I really recommend Jared Diamond's classic uh, book called Collapse, How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed. Because he actually does all these case studies of um, societies that are in exactly the same situation as each other, and some managed to meet this equilibrium point, and others just collapsed. Awesome! It's such a good book. Sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Should we talk a bit about what's happening in our upcoming season? Yeah. Or did you have some more ground you wanted to cover on this one? No, no, that's um, that's good. So, season two, we are going to be dedicating a little bit more time and care and resources and as we mentioned a little bit more help from um, personnel who are lending a hand to um, hopefully sort of create some uh, even higher quality episodes and conversations Is that possible? (laughs) Well here's how we're going to do it. So um, for season one which was actually an entire year, 52 episodes being put out every week, um, to be honest quite tricky (laughs) quite tricky to be turns out yeah um because often we you know um not not the entire time but a lot of the time Waveney and I have have sort of been doing this um on our own time and it's sort of taken away from time that we need to be doing paid work and things like that um we have had some support from some partners which has been fantastic and we may have that in the future but um just to ensure that we can give ourselves enough breathing room to do the research and um, stay on top of these things in a way that's really valuable for you, the audience. Um, We're going to be putting out episodes fortnightly now. And the counterbalance to that is, as Waveney mentioned, we've got the website that's going to be kicking off or has kicked off by the time you hear this now at howtosavetheworld.nz and that link is in the show notes. And uh, and the Instagram account and the Facebook page. So we're going to be a bit more active on these other places. We're going to try and do um, some blogging so there'll be some written pieces to um, hopefully inspire some conversations with you guys. Maybe we even get some like guest writers to come and pitch in with that as well. I think could be really fun Yeah. Um, to, to put on the blog there. So there's going to be a lot of really cool... Um, yeah, ideas and conversations that are be going to be kicking around and things for you to join us on and some, some more competitions. We've had fun with giveaways in the past, so we're hoping to do more of that mm. and um, fortnightly podcast episodes coming through. So with that in mind, should we get into a couple of the um, shout-outs some topics we've got coming up, Wave? Yeah. Um, well, next week we're going to be looking at uh, finding New Zealand's most eco-friendly bank. Excellent. This is one I need to hear. As someone who's um, about to maybe get into the zone of looking for a mortgage soon, this is important. Yeah, it's really important. Um, there's also, well, oh, we're going to do a our first How to Save the World 
series ever. Um, it won't be back to back, but just sort of through the year. And uh, we're going to go out and actually and find people that are in just different living situations from each other and um, interview them in their homes and see how uh, people who are living sustainably and they've basically cracked a particular way of doing it. Like, I think the first one we've got coming up is an urban example. Awesome. So that's going to, it's going to be quite easy. That's something we're going to be aiming to do eh, is get out more Absolutely. and Absolutely, do people. some interviews yeah, and yeah. have those interviews in the podcast um, for you to hear, but we're kind of going to go to them rather than get people to always come to us now. Yeah, yeah. So Like that, journalists yeah. or something. <laughs> something cool like that. And Investigative podcasters. Yeah, we're trying. So, um, not bad, I think, given our roots, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep pushing, got to keep growing, yep. adding strings to the bow. Um, looking at carbon trading and offsetting. Oh. Really meaty subject, that one. I'm really interested to yeah, find out about that. Yeah, me too. And um, by contrast, eco pets. Perfect. Long-time listeners will know I've got a dog called Rufus. I need to know how to look after him in, in better, more planet-friendly ways. And I've got a new dog called Bingo. Yeah. We've got to put Bingo on the Instagram account. That's what we should put on the Instagram the page. Dogs. The dogs. Yeah. Everyone loves a dog on Instagram. Great. <laughs> dogs and keep cups. That'll yeah. be our whole, <laughs> yeah. our whole account. Um, anything you want to highlight, Tim, coming Just up? that I'm stoked um, to be back recording with you, Wave, and really looking forward to this season. And I hope that people join us on Facebook. And if you're on Instagram, join us there as well. Yeah, I'm amped. I'm amped to be here. Like I say, it's awesome to be in person again. And It was a good break, though, as well. You know, it kind of stoked, restoked the fires a little bit yeah, to just yeah, take, take a little bit of time yeah. off, do some thinking, and yeah. head back in. Uh, yeah, get in, get into it. So thanks, everyone. It's great for you to be joining us. I missed you all and looking forward to reconnecting. And we'll catch you on the next episode on New Zealand's most eco-friendly bank. Catch you then. Bye.